Hey, Jen. Want to talk about sexual relationship dynamics again? Um, no, thank you. Great. Today, we're going to give specific advice to sexual pursuers and responders and discuss how to recognize, break out of, and prevent the toxic pressurer-distancer cycle. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Intimate Covenant Podcast, providing biblical teaching and resources to help married couples achieve a fuller relationship and an extraordinary sex life. For more information about Intimate Covenant, please visit our website at IntimateCovenant.com. Here are your hosts, Matt and Jen Schmidt. Welcome to the podcast, where we believe the Bible and great married sex both belong on your kitchen table. That's right, we're talking about holy, covenant-bound, intimate relationships with hot sex. We're Matt and Jen, founders of Intimate Covenant. We've been married to each other for 23 years, and through our struggles and by following God's plan, we found a marriage relationship that is solid, intimate, and hot. We're not licensed therapists, but we speak from a place of vulnerability and experience. Our passion is mentoring and teaching about God's plan for marriage. Intimate Covenant is our organized effort to serve the marriages that we have been so blessed to impact. We want to provide biblical perspective to marriage so that you can have a deeper relationship and an extraordinary sex life. We offer group Bible studies, private couples coaching, premarital counseling, intensive weekend seminars, and an annual marriage retreat, and now a podcast. A podcast. And speaking with a podcast, we're here at recording episode six. And as of release of this episode, or sorry, as of recording of this episode, right. we have over 300 downloads Woo-hoo. of this podcast, which is quite humbling uh, and quite uh, quite an experience uh, when you record something like this and you just don't even know if anybody will care or even listen. Well, you are, li- are listening and we thank you so very much for that. We've even had some already have had some input into our inbox That's about awesome. suggestions and, and some great encouragement from you all. So we just deeply appreciate that. We are just so honored to be here. Thank you for supporting. That's right. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Mostly thanks for telling your friends. Uh, Keep on spreading the word about us and we'll keep doing this as long as y'all keep listening. So today we're continuing our discussion about the pursuer-responder relationship dynamic. If you missed last week's episode, you're going to want to go back and pick that one up. Um, But in review... Last week, we introduced the idea that in your sexual relationship, one of you is the pursuer and one of you is the responder. And that just sounds so lovely at first, doesn't it, Jen? Sounds so easy. But. But. A toxic cycle inevitably results when at some point, pursuit is perceived by the responder as pressure. Yeah. And this causes an emotional and even physiologic response in the responder that causes them to withdraw or distance. And so this starts the so-called pressurer-distancer toxic cycle. And that distance is noticed by the pursuer, which causes this pursuer to feel anxiety and to feel insecurity about the relationship. And so as a result, the pursuer pursues with even more pressure 
Yeah, the responder doesn't like that. Uh-huh. And so that pressure often takes the form eventually of hurtful words or behaviors in a desperate attempt by that pursuer to get some kind of reaction from the withdrawn and distant spouse. The withdrawer either continues to dismiss the pressurer or at some point starts firing back with hurtful words and hurtful actions to try to keep this pressurer at a comfortable distance. And this cycle then plays out repeatedly and progressively in most relationships to the extent that eventually the sexual and emotional closeness becomes eroded away by bitterness and resentment. And I would imagine many of our listeners just listened to that recap, Matt, and they said, wow, have you been in my bedroom? (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, we have in the sense that we've been in our own bedroom. We know how this plays out and, and plays out in so many marriages. So maybe the good news, first off, is your marriage is normal. Right. We've all had this this um, unfortunate toxic cycle get started. No, that's a good point, Janet. This happens in every relationship, in right. every living room and in every bedroom. This toxic cycle plays out. But our goal today, continuing on with this discussion, last week we introduced the cycle. This Today, our goal is to offer some specific advice to sexual pursuers and responders that may help you, hopefully will help you, better understand your role and better understand how to be the best pursuer or responder that you can be so that this relationship can progress in a healthy and beneficial way to both of you. Now, one thing that we want to make clear is that being a pursuer or a responder is not necessarily a male or female thing. Right. In fact, in up to 30% of our relationships, the sexual pursuer is the wife. Yeah. Uh, But since it breaks out in our relationship that I, Matt, am the pursuer and Jen... I am the responder. ...is the responder. So we're going to speak of it in these terms. That also happens to be sort of the stereotypical uh, way that it plays out in most relationships. We're going to speak about it in those terms, but... These concepts still apply in your own marriage. Um, Regardless of who the responder or the pursuer is, these concepts should still apply. So, Jen, you're the responder in our relationship. I am. So I think you should tell our listeners what it means to be a responder and how to be the best responder that you can be. Yeah, classic pursuer making me go first. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) All right, responders, listen up. I'm speaking to you. What do you need to know to be the best responder that you can be? Well, number one, first and foremost, please say it with me. I'm going to repeat it twice. Responsive desire is still desire. Responsive desire is still desire. That means your goal is not to become a pursuer. You don't need to have the same level of desire as your beloved. You can own being a responder and own it well. Embrace your role. You do have desire. It just looks different than your pursuer. And so that means that you need to start valuing sex for your own own benefit and for the value that it 
brings to the relationship because you do have a need for sex for you. Wait a minute. Are you saying that responders need sex? Yes, I am saying that. That they should want sex on their own? And that they should actually want sex on their own. That's exactly right. Responders, I'm going to say it over and over. It's time for you guys to come to the party. (laughs) Don't just show up and be the wallflower. Come to the party. Prepared to participate in the party because it's good for you. So if you don't believe me, I'm going to give you a list of benefits of sex. Turns out that sexual release is an excellent and effective stress reliever. How many times, responders, do we feel like, I can't possibly have sex tonight? I'm too stressed. Well, guess what? Sex and the bonding chemicals that come from sex are proven to alleviate stress, anxiety. It reduces your blood pressure, reduces your risk of heart disease, Sex and the, the hormone chemicals that come from it relieve pain, reduces inflammation, boost your immune system. It improves your quality of sleep. And frankly, having sex smooths those relational conflicts. And to be frank with you, that can happen even in the relationship with the people that you're not having sex with. Having sex improves your perspective Absolutely. on all of your relationships. And so... Uh, yeah, it's it's better than Xanax. It's better than all of your uh, blood pressure and diabetes medications. Uh, it It is organic and it's effective. Imagine <laughs> that. Right. So responders, it's important that you start recognizing that you have a need for sex. There is great benefit to your own self participating in a sexual experience with your partner. So what that means, responders, is that it is time for you to start communicating when it comes to sex. And I want you to communicate loud and clear. That means you need to be able to say what you want, not just what you want to stop. In our family of six, choosing where to go out to eat can be quite an experience. And so (laughs) we developed this little saying, Matt, that we have said many a time in the car, over and over, over, and and over. over again, um, because we often heard what our children didn't want, and we couldn't get anybody to give what they did want. And so our saying is, no rejection without a suggestion. And I think that that saying can start applying within the bedroom responders. Don't just reject, offer a suggestion. And so that means, responders, you have to know what it is you actually want sexually. You do want something, tap into it, find out what you want. So I'm going to give you a homework assignment, responders. Write this question down. You're going to blush when you write it down, which is a great thing, because I want you to think about this. Mm -hmm. I want you to think, I turn myself on or off by or how. I'll say it again. I turn myself on or off by or how. Now note that the beginning of my question there is has the word I mm. because it is not your partner's job to turn you on. It is your job to tap into your sexual energy 
And again, come to the party. So that means it is time for you to start figuring out what is it that you want, not just what it is that you don't want. Responders, you're always pretty good at saying what you don't want, what you want to stop. Figure out what is it that you want. Are you saying that responders then can't blame this whole process on the fact that their spouse didn't bring home flowers, didn't clean the kitchen, they did say this or didn't say that? Are you saying that that's that's not up to the pursuer? Absolutely. So responders, you kind of tend to put too much emphasis on your pursuers when in reality it is your job to uh, start turning yourself on, allowing your mind to start thinking about and in your own mind pursuing sex yourself. So responders, when you do start finding your voice, you are going to have to repeat it over and over. Because a pursuer may not hear you the first um, hundred times (laughs) until they believe that you are actually turning towards them. Unfortunately, for most of us, we've gotten pretty stuck in that withdrawer, uh, pressure, toxic cycle. And so to break that cycle, pursuers and responders both have a part to play. And responders, that means you need to start repeating it. You need to get vocal And you need to be assertive Mm. in the right way. Assert what it is that you are interested in. And you need to start being engaging. Stop avoiding this conversation. Recognize that your spouse is trying to connect with you in a sexual manner, but it's not just about sex. Your spouse is trying to connect with the whole of you. Right. I think this is an important point for responders and pursuers that your sexual relationship is not just isolated to your sexual relationship, but it really is a part of the whole. And when someone is trying to connect with you in whatever way that it is, if it's even if it's sexually or not, recognize first of all that they're making a bid for connection with you and take it as such. Right. It's exactly right. And For responders, it's really important that they start learning how to initiate. I know that word sends all sorts of fear shivers down a responder's back, but guess what, responders? You can actually start initiating too. Really where that first begins is just in your own mind. Start transitioning those negative thoughts about sexual encounters with your beloved into positive ones. Start initiating some sexual gift. Stop this avoiding and distancing. You don't like the results of that avoidance and distancing that you're throwing out. So stop. Instead, start embracing the conversation. And you're going to have to start small, and that's okay. For yeah, some you, of us, you, it's it's even just learning to say the word sex. How crazy <laughs> that we're, we seem often more afraid of speaking about sex than sharing our own naked bodies yeah, together. Some, sometimes talking about sex is more intimate than the actual sex itself. Absolutely. But right, it, I, I think, and this goes, this I think applies again across the board, that if you want something to change, you're going to have to take the initiative yeah. to be the one to initiate the change. So right. if you don't like how it's happening, avoiding the conversation only makes it worse. 
Right. And I think that the biggest thing that I I often think to, or I like to say to responders, because honestly, it's probably one of the most aha moments for me as a responder when I learned how to respond appropriately and stop being a withdrawer, is just, is, it's this, if you don't want to be treated like a piece of meat, don't offer yourself as such. Mm. Responders, you know what I'm talking about. How many times have you felt the need to just lay there and let it happen, check an item off of your to-do list? How horrible do you feel afterwards? You feel like a piece of meat. I was just a warm body, uh, just a reciprocal for my my partner. Oof. But you don't want to feel that way. Stop offering that. Right. Come to the party. And and you know, with responders, it's important that you begin to push your own limits. You feel those brick walls, you feel those boundaries within yourself. Start addressing them. Why do I feel uncomfortable? when certain suggestions are made. You need to dig in deep. Start addressing those obstacles. Most of the time, it's because we as responders have an unholy view of sexuality. We have wrapped our sexuality in shame that ought not to be so. Don't call dirty what God has called holy. Mm. For a lot of responders, there's maybe some past abuse or trauma that needs to be addressed and brought to the light. There can be addictions that are causing you to hide from your from your pursuer. Um, so I think it's important that you start addressing those obstacles. And lastly, just recognize that now when you start closing that gap between you and your pursuer, there's less pressure. And the sexual pursuit that... that you're feeling that exists because your pursuer is feeling anxious about not getting the relational needs met. But it's it's not just about this physical horniness, this I need to have sex. It is because they want to connect with you. So start embracing and allowing that connection to happen. Yeah, absolutely. When 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 that gap starts to close, the pursuer feels less anxiety, and so they will let off the gas a little bit. It won't happen immediately. Right. You have to prove a little bit to the to yeah. this pursuer that you're actually still going to be there and not run away again, but that gap will lessen and the pressure will relent a little bit. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back from the break, I'm going to talk to you pursuers out there. Stay tuned. Intimate Covenant hosts an annual retreat for married couples to provide a space for focused instruction and relaxed time with your spouse. Whether your marriage is good, great, or struggling, our purpose is to promote godly marital intimacy in all realms of your relationship, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. This year, our retreat is being hosted at the beautiful Houston City Place Marriott at Springwoods Village in Spring, Texas. For y'all that ain't from around here, that's just north of Houston. The date is September 24th through the 26th, Thursday evening through Saturday afternoon. Our theme this year is Redeeming an Intimate Covenant. We're going to cover topics like building oneness in all aspects of your relationship, igniting sexual desire, 
overcoming emotional barriers like trauma or betrayal, and tips to make married sex great again. You can find more information and register at our website, intimatecovenant.com. You'll find registration options including one or two nights at the Venue Hotel, or this year we're offering a more affordable option, day passes for those that prefer not to spend the night at the hotel. But time is running out, so register soon. We really hope you'll join us. All right, welcome back. So before the break, I was speaking to you responders about how to be the best responder you can be. So Matt, now it's your turn. What do our pursuers need to know? Great. All right, pursuers, listen. The first thing you need to recognize and the first place that you need to be introspective and really examine yourself is in how you handle being rejected. I know you're hoping that I'm going to give you some advice pursuers on how to get the most sex out of your spouse that you can get, but let me first put the brakes on that and get a reality check. You you claim, or I hope that you claim, and that you are seeking sexual connection with your spouse so that you can build and promote an emotional connection. I think that's true, and I hope that's true. For most men, that's probably what you're looking for. For most pursuers, that's what you're looking for. You see sex as a gateway to emotional connection, and that's perfect. That's beautiful. That's exactly as it ought to be. But pursuer, if you claim that you are seeking an emotional connection, what happens when your sexual advances are rejected? If you take from that rejection and you walk away pouting or throwing a fit or getting angry or being hurtful, then you, you're, it's a lie. You're not seeking emotional connection. You're seeking a selfish indulgence. Right. All you've done is told your responder that you didn't get what you wanted. Yeah, Which exactly. was the physical act of sex. And so how you handle rejection I think characterizes whether you are pursuing or pressuring. Right. If you take sexual rejection and you take from that and then you say, well, okay, we're not going to be able to connect sexually tonight. Let's find another way to connect. Then you are proving to your, to your spouse, to that responder that, yes, that's exactly what I was looking for. So first, learn how to deal with rejection. And examine your own handling of those rejections. Okay, secondly, you need to maximize your chance for a yes. <laughs> Timing is everything. Timing is everything. Mm-hmm. Timing is everything. You cannot, at 1030 at night, when you're both exhausted, roll over and try to initiate a meaningful sexual experience. Yeah, responder's not going to respond it, positively. It just can't happen. If, if your responder... You know your responder needs some time to uh, grasp that, to deal with that, and to um, prepare for that. Remember, for a responder, sex requires an investment. It costs the responder something to be able to respond because they're having to deal with and put into place, uh, put in the right place all the anxiety that that sex uh, brings up. And so... You've got to give them time. And for this reason, 
I'm just going to suggest that you need to try to schedule sex. I, I think for most pursuer responder relationships, scheduling sex is a beautiful way to approach this. And it works so nicely. That's not how they do it in Hollywood, Oh, yeah. Well, (laughs) you can take all of your chick flick movies and throw them out the door because (laughs) there's there's really no sense of reality. I mean, yes, we would all love to both spontaneously respond in the way that they do in the movies, but that just simply does not happen. Spontaneous is not always best. Spontaneous, if you haven't put any preparation into something – a lot of times it goes pretty poorly. Imagine trying to prepare a gourmet meal spontaneously um, with 10 minutes of preparation. It just doesn't happen. So allow time for the preparation. Be careful about surprises. Most responders don't love surprises when it comes to sex. They might (laughs) like surprise gifts or surprise vacations or surprise something else, but they don't need a sexual surprise. They don't want a list of 10 new positions to try tonight yeah. at 11 p.m. Exactly. <laughs> um, slow down. And also be direct. If you want, if you have an expectation for sex. For you, connection. And for connection, you mm-hmm. need to make that directly clear. Do not be indirect. Do not be a weenie about this. You need to be direct <laughs> And specifically state that my intentions are X, Y, Z. And give your partner plenty of time to warm up to that idea and to be fully on board so that they have at least a glimmer of a chance to be enthusiastic about it. Right. That's a great conversation to have 10 minutes before you guys walk out the door for work or get your day started. Because responders, that's your clue to start thinking about sex. Let your mind dwell on sex throughout the day, you're going to find you're a whole lot more ready for the party at 10 p.m. when you learned about the party at 8 a.m. Yes, right. Don't don't spring it at you know 10 minutes before um, and uh, and surprise her or him, depending on Absolutely. who you are in this pursuer responder relationship. Also, when you're communicating those expectations. You need to be sure that you're communicating those expectations directly, but with a low tone, low pressure, and with gratitude. You need to really approach this from the standpoint of coming to your spouse and saying, look, I don't need anything from you. I'm only here to offer something for you. Yeah. And that takes the pressure away. It's difficult to interpret that as pressure. Um, Certainly... Some pressures are still going to reject that offer at times, and sometimes you just have to deal with that. As a pursuer, you better get used to rejection and learn how to deal with it and learn how to grow from it. You're going to be rejected, but if you're a pursuer and you win every time, then there's no chase and it loses its fun and uh, excitement. So expect rejection and learn how to deal with it, but offer connection in a very low pressure way. Right. The phrase, I want sex or I need sex carries a negative tone to it. But if you say to your responder, I'd like connection with you, well, then now you're communicating, I don't want just the physical act. This isn't just about my horniness. This is about my desire to connect 
with you as a person. A responder will hear that so differently. Oh, sure. And the responder hears there's something in this for me as well. Yes. That that both of you want connection. You may be seeking it in different ways, uh, but both of you want connection. And a pursuer uh, can communicate that um, just by changing the language a little bit. Right. The other thing is stop being critical or offering suggestions. <laughs> Responders don't like suggestions. Because every suggestion you offer to a responder is validation that he or she is just not good enough, that what they have offered in the past is just not good enough, and that you can never be satisfied. And if your spouse comes to the conclusion that you can never be satisfied, your spouse will stop trying. They'll just stop trying to satisfy you, and then that distance is going to become greater and greater. In other words, don't pursuers don't say, tonight our sex was great, but tomorrow morning we could do it even better if we did it while we were standing on our heads and swinging <laughs> from the chandeliers. Yeah, that's not going to fly with yeah. a responder. Don't, don't, just be grateful. <laughs> I guess that's the, be grateful for what you're getting, be grateful for what you're sharing, um, and stop trying to offer suggestions there's a place certainly to have a discussion about how you might want to improve your sexual relationship. Yeah, have that over a nice lunch date at a right. public restaurant when you're not. Uh, you can actually talk about sex at a public restaurant. Oh, yeah. By the way, trust me, we do all the time. We've never been kicked <laughs> out yet. Yeah, you, but you know, in the moment or right after is not the time to have a, a post game analysis. Yeah, no post game interviews. Nothing like, oh, what could we have done better tonight? Nope, don't do that. Save that for an entirely different time and make sure that your spouse is comfortable and ready for that kind of conversation before you bring it up. The other thing is, uh, pursuers, focus on the journey, not just the result in the moment. Um, Remember that you made a commitment and a vow for life. You have a lifetime to explore every possible sexual position or variety or frequency or whatever it is that you want to try. You have an entire lifetime to get there. You don't have to perfect this by the next weekend. Uh, you, you need to <laughs> slow down and recognize this is a long game. And because of that, you also need to forget the past. Just because you got rejected last week doesn't mean you shouldn't be fully willing and capable to accept the gift that your spouse is offering today. Stop criticizing your responder for responding. Uh, I hear people say, well, they're only doing this this time because I asked them to. Well, (laughs) duh. Your responder's change proves that they are sincere about it. Stop criticizing even the response that they're offering. Stop criticizing the gift that they're offering. Uh, Don't assume their motive. If you're going to assume a motive, assume that they're coming at this or trying to come at this from a healthy place and from trying to benefit the relationship. And remember, I know we've talked about this even recently, but orgasm, yours or your spouse's, is not the goal. Right. Your goal in your sexual relationship is to enhance your intimacy and closeness, period. That's the goal. Right. And sometimes pursuers, we lose sight of that. I think responders too. The goal is not the release of your partner. It is the connection mm-hmm. 
that both of you should be needing and wanting to give to the other. Yeah, regardless, whether you're a pursuer or a responder, I think it's important to recognize that the goal is connection. And just offering sex for the sake of getting your partner off uh, so that they'll leave you alone is also just as unhealthy. Mm -hmm. All right, in summary, responders often repress any sense of vulnerability because they're frightened by vulnerability, frankly. Right. But they desperately need to feel wanted, pursued, desired, and desirable. And a gentle pursuer can provide this and will provide this in the right kind of relationship. And pursuers, you are dependent on others to fulfill your emotional needs. Uh, But you also desperately want independence and space to know yourself and assert yourself. And an enthusiastic responder can help to support and motivate this growth. And so what we find is that in the right way, with pursuers and responders appropriately pursuing and responding to one another, that each can help the other's relational wounds and their emotional brokenness if we can learn to embrace this dynamic and the necessity of this dynamic of both creating and closing the space that is between us. Right. Both of us learning how to be the best responder or pursuer we can be. Embrace your role. Know who you are and own it. So Matt, give us our wrap-up points as we close out. Yeah, we've gone a little bit long this time, but here's in, in two points. Responders, you can alleviate the pressure in the relationship by closing the gap with small, comfortable steps and by communicating your needs. Remember, responders, that withdrawing only makes the pressure more intense. Pursuers, focus on the entire relationship and understand that it's a journey. Practice gratitude and appreciation for what your spouse is already offering and be a safe place for your spouse to share and grow and discover and be be vulnerable without fear of criticism. All right, if you have something to add, we want your feedback, your questions, your suggestions via the email podcast at intimatecovenant.com. We'd have already had some input and we'd love to have some more. Thank you for participating. All right, now it's time to grab your spouse and your Bible and head to your kitchen table to have the conversation about how this toxic cycle has played out in your relationship and what you are going to do to be the best pursuer or responder that you can be. Thanks for listening, and thanks for all your support. Until next time, keep striving, and don't settle. Thanks for listening to the Intimate Covenant Podcast. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email inbox, podcast at intimatecovenant.com. For more information about Intimate Covenant, please visit our website, intimatecovenant.com. Join our online community, find more resources, and learn about upcoming events to help you and your marriage journey toward a fuller relationship 
and an extraordinary sex life.